Well, Alabama didn't play Saturday, but there was still a lot of interesting stuff going on in the SEC and in the national scene in college football. And the Tide did have an exhibition basketball game, and they looked pretty good with one glaring exception. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Still a little uh, a little tired from all that football yesterday. There was a lot of it. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the best day ever of football. I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen when it comes to Alabama podcast. There were some things that certainly affected Alabama. Um, first of all, you know, Alabama's next opponent, LSU, didn't play either, but um, Alabama's – opponent in a couple of weeks Ole Miss did play and look they, they still didn't look fantastic they looked pretty Quinchon Judkins looked fantastic gosh I am shocked how powerful of a runner that kid is he is um he's just a few yards away from leading the SEC in rushing but uh yeah he's he's something man but uh Lane is 100 percent professionally trolling Jimbo Fisher and I'm here for it um, it is uh, it, it's a joy to watch. And Jimbo Fisher looks like a disheveled um, a guy who, who's been laid off for six months and cannot find work, which is odd considering he's about to get paid eighty six million dollars to not work. I think um, anyway, that game was interesting. Of course, the Auburn, Arkansas game. But, you know, this Auburn thing is, is just a slow motion train wreck. I've, I've never seen a game like that where. Several times in the game, I was on a text thread with some Auburn fans, and it looked like both, and I mean both, Arkansas and Auburn offensive lines and defensive lines, you know, respectively, were standing up and just playing patty cake until uh, until something happened. Like, they just weren't worried about it. They, they were, there was no urgency in that game at all for either team. And I know Arkansas ended up running away with it. I still wasn't, like, super impressed. Um, and then, of course, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and uh, the Penn State-Ohio State game. Uh, of course, we were all pulling for Penn State. But, you know, Aaron Torres had a great tweet talking about Sean Clifford. He said, look, the sixth-year senior who's 36 years old, um, Penn State has the lead. And the next thing you know, they're getting, Ohio State almost covers a 15-point spread because that six-year senior quarterback um, has a fumble, has a pick six, has a, I mean, he just he just messed up about eight ways to Sunday, and uh, so anyway, what are your thoughts on this past weekend? Well, Ohio State's a really really good football team. I watched uh, the entirety of that game really, and uh, it, you know the final score for those that didn't watch it, the final score has absolutely no look to what the first fifty seven minutes of that game. It was a pretty tight game for fifty seven minutes. There there was even some. Uh, some moments where it looked like Penn State was in good shape, but then as soon as it looked like Penn State had taken a lead, which they had in the fourth quarter a couple times, uh, as soon as they would, Ohio State would scream down the field. Sort of reminded me of, you know, Stroud. I mean, this is just the difference. I mean, let's just be honest. Stroud's a really, really good football player, a lot like Bryce uh, in that sense. They're even skill sets to me are, 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 are somewhat similar. Uh, but what Stroud has is the best 
wide receiver group in college football. I mean, those guys, I mean, they're interchanged. Marvin Harrison is the best one because Smith and Jigba's out or uh, are, are hurt or limited. Uh, but Marvin Harrison is the best college receiver in college football. We all thought it would be the other Ohio State receiver. They got two or three other guys, Fleming. They're, they're really, really good. Uh, and, and as soon as Penn State would take the lead, just Stroud would just start firing the ball to those receivers. It'd take about four snaps for them to cover 80 yards. And I'm like, man, this was what it was like, you know, when Bryce had J-Mo and Metch and when Mac had Devontae and all those guys. So Waddle, um, Ohio State's just really good. Uh, I would not rank them uh, higher than three myself. I would rank the SEC teams one and two. Tennessee, dominant, just dominant football team. Jalen Hyatt uh, might be the second best receiver in college football behind Marvin Harrison. I think he's that good. Uh, he, he's a first-round pick to me. Uh, when it comes time for him to to play pro football, Hyatt, another big game, Hendon Hooker, uh, who would, if, if we're voting for the Heisman today, I would vote for Hooker. Uh, you know, another great performance by them. Uh, Ole Miss is interesting because it's an Alabama opponent coming up. I thought Ole Miss was sometimes really good, sometimes not good. Uh, amazing that a performance like that could beat Texas A&M, but, but they did. Uh, Ole Miss looked like the better team than AM. I think there's a lot of quit in AM. I'm not saying the whole team is quit. I'm just saying there's some quit in them. And and Jimbo Fisher's body language is terrible. Um God, I mean, you know, if you're Jimbo Fisher, are you like miserable that you might be about to lose your job? Or are you like, they're about to pay me $86 million to sit at the house and sit at the beach? I mean, that would be like exciting, right? I mean, I, I don't know if you're down or excited about what will be the if it happens even next year now forget this year even next year the highest buyout of any coach contract not just in college football history but in american sports history and while we're at it let's just throw this in there world sports history there has never been a coach paid 60 to 80 million not to coach. That has never happened on this planet Earth. And uh looks like AM is headed in that direction. You know what's funny about that too? Um, first of all, Evan Stewart is just a bona fide badass. I, I think Evan Stewart might be the best receiver in the conference, and I'm including Hyatt. I like Hyatt a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think Hyatt's really good. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. He could be the second best receiver in the country. But if you're asking me, okay, I got, I get a drive and I want one receiver, I'm, I'm taking Evan Stewart. And the reason is at least Hyatt has a great offensive system and a great quarterback throw into it. Evan Stewart has been making play after play with a bunch of soup cans back there. Now, Wigman did a pretty good job this past week. But, you know, that's the other conundrum, I think, for um, Texas A&M right now, that they right. did just enough in this past game where it's like, okay, we still have some hope, right? I mean, because we got Evan Stewart and Wiegman look pretty good and we got all these other uh, young guys on the team. I mean, I guess next year will be better, but they are the perennial, you know, next, next year. year will be better team for always. So, uh, Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody about Bet Online. We're going to come back and talk about uh, 
some other Alabama stuff here in just a second, but I need to tell you, tell you about Bet Online because that's one of my favorite sites. I'm sitting here today watching a bunch of NFL, watching Tua Tungvaluwa go off, watching Jalen Waddle go off. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Just saw Quentin Williams get a sack on Mac Jones. That was pretty cool. And you can bet on all those things and all those games at BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all betting, football, and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup, news, po- podcast, whatever you need, in-depth analysis on every game. They got it at betonline.net. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Um, any recruiting news from the weekend? I know uh, Rusaw and James Smith made their way to Auburn again. There was a little uh, angst about that on one on maybe Bama online, um, and I, I just don't I, look. Yeah, Alabama might not get them. I don't think they end up at Auburn. I think they 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 would end up somewhere else, like a Georgia. But um, I do believe that Alabama ends up with these two cats. I mean, is there any reason for panic here? Oh, there's no reason at all for panic. I mean, uh, you know, at Bama Insider, we feel that uh, Smith and Russell will eventually sign with Alabama. It might be a signing day decision, uh, but I, I feel it will be Alabama for both kids, sort of a package deal there. So there's no reason to panic. Uh, but I will say that, you know, my message would be to those that say it will never be Auburn in a million years. That's ridiculous. I would say, whoa, whoa, whoa to that in this one sense. First of all, uh, we don't know who Auburn's coach is going to be, and there's a really, really, really good chance that uh, that Auburn's going to have a new football coach in place well before signing day. Whether Russo and Smith sign with Auburn is going to come down to their relationship with that new coach. And frankly, let's be honest, uh, what deals can Auburn put together under new leadership quickly? Uh, you know, and, and Quay Russo apparently grew up an Auburn fan. Uh, they've been over there a lot. It's close to home for them. Uh, I, I just don't rule it out. Now, I think it's Alabama. I've said all along it'd be, I've said Alabama for a long time. I'm still saying Alabama, but I bristle when I see the, uh, there's absolutely no way they're going to, uh, you know, you know, jump onto that, that train wreck. Uh, two things. Number one, NIL, NIL. It's so funny that, you know, think about this, Alabama. How much money would it take for you to stop rooting for Alabama and root for Auburn? You know, I mean, that's a crazy question, isn't it? And for some people, some people will say there's no amount of money. Well, are you already rich or is the money not actually on the table in front of your nose? I mean, the NIL changes everything about recruiting. So there's that. And, you know, secondly, uh, you know, we don't know who they're going to hire as a head coach. We, we all have guesses right now and, and who knows. But I think it's going to be Alabama. Uh, I've been confident of that. I'm still confident of that. Uh, so that would be any projection of mine about what Alabama's class would look like would include both Quay Rousseau and uh, and James Smith uh, to Alabama. Um, yeah, and I'm the same way, and I feel like it makes a lot more sense for him to go to Alabama, certainly. Um, any other recruiting news from the weekend about anybody else taking other visits? Uh, I'm curious as to what's going to happen with, with 2024 quarterback. Uh, I, I think that's been a real interesting thing. We've discussed it a lot on the Bama Insider Board this week because 
Julian Sand, who's one of the top 24 quarterback prospects in the country from Carlsbad, California, uh, announced that he would like to make a decision very, very soon. Alabama is among his finalists. Uh, we believe Alabama would take him. Not sure. Keep this in mind. Yes, he's really highly rated, and this is a really good quarterback prospect, but I can only recall one quarterback that has signed with Alabama who was offered and Alabama took him prior to him attending an Alabama camp, and that was Cooper Bateman. I, I can't remember any other instance. And this kid, Julian Sand, he came to Alabama this summer and visited, but he did not work out. He did not throw for the staff. So I, I'm a little shocked that we would take him, and get, not because he's not a good prospect. I watched the tape, and we broke down his tape all, on the message board. I think he's really good. Actually reminds me a little bit of Bryce. Maybe it's the California thing, but there's some Bryce in his game. But I, I'm just going to be surprised if we took a 24 quarterback and settled on a on, on a final guy, you know, uh, this early, that would be, that would be surprising to me, but this kid is special. Uh, if he doesn't go to Alabama, we're talking about LSU, Georgia, Ohio state, Clemson. I mean, you know, he's got that sort of an offer list, maybe, you know, a West coast school like USC. So, uh, I believe the intelligence is, uh, it's LSU if it's not Alabama. I got to throw one more thing in there. And if you are listening on the audio podcast, I'm sorry you won't be able to see this. But if you're watching on YouTube, you will be able to see what I'm about to put up. And this is comical to me. Um, my brother sent me this screenshot today about, uh, you know, look, we're all sort of reveling in Auburn's misery right now. And so my brother sent me a screenshot of a, a picture from a recent Auburn recruiting update about a quarterback named Aaron Nolan, who's a really good player. Auburn may get him. I think he's a great player. I really do out of Georgia. Um, but it's funny, the screenshot, and now you can see it, he's supposed to be doing the thing where you do the, the whatever it is that you, you make the logo. And it's like he's using one Auburn glove, and then the other glove is the glove you use to clean silverware with. And I <laughs> – I'm having a real, real good time getting a chuckle out of this. It's almost like, Auburn, how are you going to compete in an NIL world when you can't afford both gloves? I mean, that's a problem. So, anyway, uh, you know, it's like maybe that's their NIL strategy. We're going to give you one glove now, and when you sign, you get the other glove. I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah. I hope – anyway, that's just uh, that just tickled me a little bit. Um, so Jimmy, the CFP is going to happen and really we should probably talk about this in tomorrow's podcast, but I'm so interested now. Um, what, what do you, where do you think this is going to be? Look, me personally, I think Tennessee is going to end up being number one by the CFP because they don't go on history. They don't go on, um, like, you know, what, what the preseason rank is necessarily or anything like that. They go more on, uh, as Jalen Hurts almost throws another touchdown, sorry, I'm watching. He's having a marvelous day. Um, they go more on what you've done, what your resume is. And right. Tennessee's got the best resume. I, I mean, I don't know how – look, I'm not a Tennessee fan. Obviously, I'm doing Locked on Bama, although mm -hmm. the Locked on Texas A&M guy used to be an Alabama fan. Not anymore. Um, but <laughs> That was years ago. But, uh, you know, I don't know how you don't vote Tennessee number one unless you're just – stuck in your ways of I'm not going to budge off number one until number one loses. 
Yeah, I think Tennessee will be number one. I agree totally. I think they have the best win. Uh, they have the best resume. They might even have the best team. I mean, I was super – I was more impressed with them last night than I have been at any point this season, including the Alabama game, uh, that they were fortunate to win. Uh, they destroyed a pretty good Kentucky team, even looking good on defense at times. Uh, this Tennessee team is awfully good. Now, I'm, I'm going to – we're going to talk about the game all week. Obviously, it's fun that not only do we have Alabama LSU, a monster game that's very likely deciding the SEC West. Uh, obviously, Georgia Tennessee is the biggest game in the country. Uh, I think it's very exciting to talk about that game all week. Uh, my early thought, now it may change, is I couldn't be higher on Tennessee. I would vote them number one. And at the same time, uh, I, I, I believe I'm going to uh, stick with my pick, and, and that's Georgia uh, to win that game. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be decided by no more than 10 points. Uh, it may very well come down to the end. But uh, I, I like Georgia to beat Tennessee on Saturday, even though I would vote Tennessee number one in the poll. Yeah, and um, I don't even know who I'm pulling for. I guess I'm just pulling for a good game because then I'm going to get to watch uh, Bama, LSU, and, and uh, I guess on the – Side TV, I'll have Auburn, Mississippi State just for the heck of it. Um, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about this basketball exhibition game we had. All right, so Bama basketball. Um, look, they beat up on Southern Illinois. Uh, that, that, that was great. Uh, there were a lot of highlights. All you got to do is go follow the Alabama men's basketball feed on Twitter, and you will see a lot of highlights. I mean, there were a lot of dunks. Nick Pringle can absolutely sky. I mean, I've talked about him in the past. I've seen him um, several times, uh, and he's just – man, he can just get up. I saw him in the – the right before they left for their tour in Europe, and he just – he just – what an incredible dunker. Um, Mark Sears, I thought, looked good in the highlights. Uh, Dom Welch looked good in the highlights. Brandon Miller didn't go off. Uh, it was weird that – not weird that he didn't – I guess it's weird he didn't go off, but there were a lot of NBA personnel there apparently, like watching him. And a couple of them tweeted about it like, this guy's a dude. Um, overall, though, I, I think Rylan Griffin ended up having a nice little game too, another true freshman. But here's the thing. Alabama went three of 22 from beyond the arc. Um, that's not going to instill a lot of confidence in – fans considering we still got we're shell-shocked from how poorly we shot last year three of 22 now i know it was in foster auditorium it wasn't in coleman blah 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 man i, I that that worries me it's one exhibition game three of 22 worries me jimmy no i understand that totally uh i do think that for us to uh for for the basketball team to achieve uh, what we would like to see them achieve. They have to be a good shooting team. They just have to. They're, they're built and recruited to do that. So it's not like we're recruiting a bunch of inside bangers and, and teaching them how to shoot. No, they're actually intentionally try to sign guys that they believe will be good shooters. So it would be bad if this team isn't a good shooting team. I'll just say this, uh, where I was impressed with yesterday is they're three from 22 and still won the game against a fairly good team. Now, Southern Illinois is not an SEC team. They're not a, a threat to make the, the Sweet 16. But uh, my understanding is they're very likely a top 100 team, which means that they're a threat to win their conference and, uh, and, and, and maybe win 20 games and make some noise. But So they're, they're not terrible. 
But the fact that Alabama could win even handily while having such a poor shooting night is a good sign to me because even if you're a good shooting team, some nights it's just not there. Uh, you know, I think some fans, not you look, of course, but some fans I think are just real unrealistic about what good shooting means. I guess some fans think you ought to have a great shooting night every night. But the fact of the matter is, who does that? I mean, the national champion does that and and the, the 30 teams in the NBA. I mean, you know, you, you're not going to fill it up every single night out. No, no one does. Uh, but three for 22, that's not going to cut it. That's probably going to lose most. SEC games, so that's worrisome. But again, good, good. They found another way to win the game, so that's that's impressive. Yeah, and again, it would have. If you think three for twenty-two is bad, just go think about going three for twenty-two and losing an exhibition game. So right. I mean, yeah, it certainly could have been worse. Um, and again, I'm I'm not down on this team. I'm super high on this team. It's just, uh, gosh, if we had even just been just a hair below average from beyond the arc, I would feel so much better. Three of 22 is, is almost hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's not good. And I'm not exactly sure. I never uh, got to see a final box score, but uh, did Burnett play very few minutes or not at all? I think, um, I think I, I, boy, Burnett I, didn't play. I, I think uh, he was, he was he's been hurt. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. been hurt. So, you know, and he's probably going to end up being the best shooter on this team. Obviously, Quinterly went out there. He's coming back earlier than I ever guessed he would uh, with, a, with a target date maybe in mid-December or earlier. Uh, so that's that's good news. Uh, the fact that Alabama won easily, didn't shoot well. Brandon Miller didn't dominate the night. Alabama still won comfortably over what we think is a pretty good team. When people say Southern Illinois is not be good, I guess I hear they're probably top 100 not every SEC team ends up in the top 100. That's exactly Not right. Not by far. About eight or nine do, maybe 10 in a great year. But you're still going to have three or four SEC teams outside of the top 100. So if you're top 100, you're pretty good. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow starting to get you ready for LSU. Can't wait to do it. This is one of my favorite games of the year every single year. Jimmy, until tomorrow, roll time. Roll time.